the NFL stands for not for long. Except Sharga and Armstead. Roll out. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting corner of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. All right, 231 on the Sports Flash Live, 97.3 ESPN. We're going to look at the film, NFL tight end Colin Thompson from the Colin Thompson Show on Not For Long Media. We're hanging out there. We're hanging out here. We're going to break down the film, buddy, as we're going to take a look at what's going on with Jalen Hurts, the Eagles offense. Is it they just don't look right? Is it they're taking what they're giving them? We're about to get a little education from one Colin Thompson, Temple alum, in the house. Lower Kate May in the house. What's up, Colin that's, Thompson? CT. That's right, man. Great. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be back on 97.3 SPN. We've been doing radio together now for years, Mike. Ever since I started coaching at, at Lower Cape May Regional, I've been coaching virtually for them since back in the day, uh, since Lance Bailey was a coach in 7th and 8th grade, and now he's been coaching varsity, and it's been fun. Came off a big 40 to nothing win last uh, weekend, Friday, team's doing great. Big time recruits. It's been fun, man. So excited to talk birds today. Lots to talk about. I think I'm going to drop a few nuggets here that I, I think will be factual and not just emotional, which I think a lot of Eagles fans are. Well, that's the deal, too. You know, we got people who cover the team and they do it from the locker room perspective and the and the press box. Uh, you know, Colin and I have been texting back and forth, and he said, you know, what do you want me to watch for? I'm going to watch the tape of the game. And I gave him a couple things that I think the listeners want to hear from someone who played in the league. You were a tight end in this league. Uh, obviously, you were just in camp with the Minnesota Vikings. Last three seasons, you played with the Carolina Panthers. So, obviously, when you're watching the film, you know what you're looking for. So, let's start. What are you seeing from Jalen Hurts? There's a lot of people who are wondering, what's going on here? Should we be concerned? You know, last year, they won 14 games, Colin. He was a factor in every single win. Every game they played and they won, you were like, he was awesome. He was outstanding. They've won two games this year, and I don't know that you would say he's at the top of the list of the reasons why they won, or maybe he is. What have you seen through two games with Jalen Hurts. I think we get lost in the fantasy football world a little bit there because people forget that even Patrick Mahomes some days isn't the main reason why Kansas City wins. It could be because of Andy Reid. It could be by, you know, Travis Kelsey. It could be why Chris Jones had a couple sacks. So it changes week to week. I think people forget that in the NFL. But really for me, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you couldn't have had probably two worse situations to go into. A, Bill Belichick coming off of an entire summer of preparation and multiple film, multiple film games to watch, excuse me, including the entire Eagles playoff run, including all of the regular season. So you're facing Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, who has a lot to prove for a guy that's been out of the league and trying to get cohesiveness back in that team. New England, notorious, one of the toughest defenses to face every year, no matter who their personnel is. And then, on the flip side, on a short week, you're playing probably the next two guys you don't want to face. Brian Flores, who runs the same defense and brings more pressure than Bill. And he's hungry. They have great pass rushers, as you saw. They have some really cool pieces on defense. They struggle to stop the run in Minnesota. And then on top of that, you have Kevin O'Connell, who's one of the best coordinators in the NFL. 
and Kirk Cousins, who we know is super tough, and all those pieces on the outside who can move the football. So I say all that saying that I think it's a lot of external things that people aren't taking the credit. They're saying, oh, it's the Vikings. You know, oh, it's New England. But those teams should be towards the top of their divisions because of their players, their coaches, et cetera. So I think it's really not maybe Jalen Hurts. I think it's more the product of who they're playing, who they're facing. I think he's shown unbelievable ability to learn and find ways to improve on, you know, the deep ball it was a couple of years ago. Uh, a couple of ways, you know, use your legs and take care of your body. Don't put your body at risk because you're extremely valuable. So you're going to see a little less of that running from Jalen, and you're going to see the offensive line lean on people like you saw in the Thursday night game, run the football, take shots down the field. They missed a couple that they usually hit on. So I think it's more of those kind of four coaches and those two teams they face instead right. of Jalen. They ran the ball 48 times very successfully. I mean, you could do that all day. But you got A.J. Brown, you got Devonta Smith, you got Dallas Goddard. So is it the defense took the pass game away and said you're not going to do that? Is the pass game limited? Why did they have to? I think it's not that, hey, we ran the ball well. Great. But why are you having to resort to basically a a, a college-esque offense because it seems that you're not efficient in the pass game? When you face these two defensive schemes, which Flores showed in Miami, Coach Belichick, he's shown all the coordinators leave and they take it with them. It's a cover zero scheme, no safeties, man-to-man coverage. We're bringing more people than you can protect. There's two ways to dissect it. Get the ball out quickly or run the football right at it. What do the Eagles decide to do? Everyone's answering here on their steering wheels. They decide to run right at it. And you saw what happened because – Either they were dotting guys in zone coverage when they were dropping out to zone or they were taking what the defense was giving them. So that's what good teams do, right? Like the Vikings and New England fans, they're saying, you know what? We almost had the Eagles. But all those good teams throughout the decades in the NFL, New England and Kansas City, I was in Carolina. We tried to beat them. We would always say we almost beat Kansas City, we, but we lost. And those teams moved on. So it's great questions. They have all the skilled guys in the world, they still, and we're going to get into the offensive coordinator, they still spread guys out, run a very simple offense. I would love to play in that offense. It is straightforward. Take what people give you, and you have to honor Jalen's legs because he's so dynamic and can kill you if you forget him in the run game. Uh, Colin Thompson, NFL tight end, the Colin Thompson show on Not For Long Media. You mentioned the play caller, Brian Johnson. Uh, Florida guy, Utah, give me two. Uh, first time calling plays in the NFL, and some people say, hey, his relationship with Hurts, they're going to have great synergy. What are you seeing from him so far as a play caller? Was he at Florida when you were there? He was not. He was not there. But what I've seen from him as a play caller is a lot of what we saw last year. Really, it's the same offense. They're going to spread people out. They're going to use the yeah, tight like, end. Okay, you, you've been in an offense and, and have different play callers. It might be the same exact play, but the guy calling it has a different feel, doesn't he? I guess. It's always Jimmys and Joes and not X's and O's. Everybody calls the same plays, especially if you're going to be in this spread it out Kansas City type situation that the Eagles are in because of Jalen Hurts' skill set. So to me, Johnson's play calling has been on par for last year. They're just missing on a couple throws or they're just missing on a run or maybe Jalen Hurts pops a – QB draw against New England to seal the game and he fumbles. So that's a part of early in the season woes. So I think 
They're doing fine. They're spreading people out. They're taking what the defense is giving them. The Eagles were going silent cadence at home. I don't think people saw that because they were going in such up-tempo and having so much success, they couldn't get the crowd to quiet down enough after a first down that they're going silent cadence at home. So shout out to the Eagles fans. That's pretty cool. And then shout out to the O-line for running the ball and getting that organized. That's a part of being a good coordinator too. I saw that. I see them doing some two tight end sets, washing everybody down. And if Jalen pulls the ball, it's him versus a corner. I'll take him versus the corner any day of the week, no matter who the corner is. So I like what they're doing. They're taking deep shots. They're taking what the defense gives them. Well, and that's another thing real quick is Jalen Hurts in the run game. It seems it's not effective as effective so far. So he's just turning around and handing it off. But these teams essentially, it feels like anyway, they are not letting Jalen Hurts kind of get get that decision. That The decision, see, now he had 12 carries, but only 35 yards the other night. I mean, so they're not letting him kind of get the, break off those big runs like we saw a lot of last year. Yeah, I think people are, you know, they have to say they're, they're going to make a decision. Who's going to let them beat? Us? But is that something, Colin? Can you kind of take us? All right. So here's Jalen Hurts. He has a great year last year. Yep. Well, now our teams all summer saying, I'm going to watch Jalen Hurts all summer long because they're on our schedule. And that's not going to happen this time around. Last year, we only got to prepare for him for a week. Now we have all summer to say, we're going to play and get ready for this guy. Well, I, I it's a great point, Mike. I think for me, it's more of the fact that. When he pulls the football in the zone read game, right, he reads it and pulls it, we're just not going to let him pull it. We're just not going to let him pull it. Like the one time he pulled it, the defensive end was right there. It was a bad pull by him. And the, the backer showed up and made the play for, for a tackle for loss. So I, I think, feel like, real quick, I feel like last year he made the right decision on where to pull yeah. or hand it off 99% of the time. You're like, dude, this guy never makes the wrong decision. He always... <laughs> Hands it when he's supposed to and pulls it when he's supposed to. He could be forcing his hand a little bit, right? That's how it goes. Our LCMR, Hunter Ray, our quarterback, who's committed to play Division One baseball, we're trying to get him to do and make the right decision and not force things. If a team allow, makes you hand the ball off every time, then hand the ball off every time. And you saw that against Minnesota. They were saying we're going to set edges and then our double teams up front, there's gonna, they're going to be short somewhere because you have to, again, you have to, in the numbers game defensively, figure out how we're going to stop Jalen Hurts. Because he's that dynamic. So, Eagles fans, pump the brakes. I think it's a product of the coaching staffs you just faced, the teams you just faced. They have some dynamic pieces. I think they settle in in the future, and I I think they're going to pick up a lot of momentum and use all the pieces, pieces and the gadgets a little bit better than we just they have well, in the past. And full disclosure, you were in the Minnesota camp, so you know well, what that defense is all about. They're right? Legit. You know what that defense is all about. I mean, they have – Davenport and Hunter and Hicks, who's a great guy. And we talk about Philly all the time to him. I'm like, hey, man, I wish the Eagles would have signed you. He's yeah. like, ah, I got more money in Arizona and they never would have paid me a dime. They don't pay linebackers. He said that. Yeah. And he's right. He's like, I'm okay with it. But I like their pieces defensively. Harrison Smith is back there. They have some good players. They have some good guys interiorly. It's just like, that's what happens when you play the Eagles. What are you going to do? Are you going to bring a bunch of pressure and have these really good wideouts beat you in man to man coverage and give up these massive plays? Now, the Vikings decided against it, and that's why you saw the run game explode because they're like, we are not, we can't let these guys beat us on deep shots. And they still did, but, you know, the Vikings still made it a good game. Uh, NFL tight end Colin Thompson. Uh, he hosts the Colin Thompson Show on Not For Long Media. Check that out on his social media platforms. You're a tight end. Dallas Goddard might be one of the best tight ends. Colin, why is he not able to get going? They targeted him. 
Nothing was there. The week before, there was nothing there for him. So why is Goddard off to a clunky start? Yeah, complete tight end for me. There's not a lot of them in the league. It's like Goddard, Kittle, Higby. Um, I think Ian Thomas is can be in that group too in Carolina. And I, I like TJ Hawkinson blew me away in Minnesota. I told him, I said, I think you're better actually than I thought you were. That's how good TJ is. And I always thought he was a perennial pro bowler. I think Goddard's in that category. So I wa- went back and watched. You're the saying, Minnesota. by the way, complete tight ends because you Com- didn't mention Kelsey. Complete. I think Kelsey's, Kelsey's not a, a blocker. I think he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I'm just of- trying to clear that up for the listeners who are saying this idiot didn't mention Kelsey. Yeah, no, no, you're saying guys who catch and block. Yeah, that can do both. That are that are that are coordinator saying on Monday morning when they're putting the game plan game game plan together. Aaron, uh, excuse me, Andy Reid's not putting Kelsey in the run game game plan. Right. right, he's getting him a screen. He's getting him the ball over the middle, but on the run game period, Kelsey's over there catching balls with uh, Mahomes. He's not a part of inside run. All those tight ends I just named are a part of the Oklahoma drill star practice. So I, you know, I think that that tells a little bit of the story here with Goddard, because in the run game, Goddard has been so solid, so so solid. He caves the edge down. The back usually cuts back off of him. All those cutbacks off Goddard there—that's a play that starts front side. It's inside zone. The front side of the play ends up becoming. The backside of the initial play, not to get too nerdy into football here, but Goddard wipes it down. He does a great job. They've been trying to get him bubble screens. They've been trying to get him a tight end screen. He's been forcing his hand a little bit. I think he got a little too wide on both of those screens when he should be slipping it up inside. When you get too wide on your screens and you're, you want to create these big explosive plays, probably because he's not getting the ball as much, the old lineman can't block the guys coming inside out, so that's an issue. Um, so I think, listen, he's another guy, and the Eagles have it. When you have these great weapons, some days, Devontae Smith is going to have a huge game. Some days, you know, it could be Dallas Goddard. It could be the running back position. Yeah. Who knows which running back is going to have that big game. It could be Jalen Hurts. One game they may say, listen, we're going to load the box, and if Jalen pulls it, we're going to run to him. Jalen may have 100 yards rushing in a game. So I think you just got to wait and see and pick your poison, and Dallas is a part of that. Dallas could have amazing games. You just don't know when it's going to be. That said, um, you have any thoughts on the Brown? I don't think it was a big deal at all. This is probably two buddies who constantly bicker at each other, and after the game, saying, taps him on the leg and says, "Ah, you know, that's just me, man." Yeah, um, AJ I mean, Brown were talking about that this weekend in Cape May, and I was talking to some people in DC about it yesterday that are Eagles fans. I'm just like, listen, man, we have no idea what that's about. That could be about, uh, you know, something from the Super Bowl. They could be talking about. And he's telling them to move on. We'll talk about it later. You just don't know. Like, right. And I've been but you've the- seen, you've seen wide receiver and quarterback get into it. And then it just goes away. Yeah. And then it's just like, dude, like if you watch the completions again, like Jalen almost had multiple touchdowns, right? They were a little overthrown or he's on the one I watched again today. He, he didn't stop running, but he just slowed down a little bit. If he kept the jets on, I think that's a touchdown there down the left-hand side, I believe. So listen, I mean, Again, pick your poison with these guys. Who are you going to allow to beat you in Philly? That's the answer. And I think these two defensive coaches they just faced, they're pretty smart guys. They know what they're doing, and they have the personnel, so I think that's why they struggled. All right, so you watched them on tape the last two weeks. Uh, Gainwell versus Swift. Does Sirianni really have a decision? How does he break up the run game now after watching the two tapes? I think we're going to see what we've always seen in Philly, especially during the Doug Peterson era the Sirianni error, and it's going to be running back by committee. Again, pick your poison because one day Gainwell may have the hot hand. You may be picking him up on your fantasy team the week after, and he may not get any touches. 
It's just how it goes. So I think you give the hot hand, you ride the hot guy, you give, you know, you get the first series of the second quarter, you give the guy, he's got the runs, right? And then the next guy comes in because they run so much tempo. You can't like, you can't balance the reps always. So it's a great question, Mike. I, I'm Honestly, I'm taking Switzerland with it. I really think that they're going to split those carries and there's no real competition. It's like, hey, we're a running back room. This is how we want it. This is how you go to the Super Bowl, right? You need multiple pitchers to win a World Series. You need multiple sluggers to do it. I think you need multiple running backs in today's NFL to do it. You see what's happened with running backs all over the league with Saquon and Chubb and all these guys getting hurt. All right, we'll close out with some defense here, Colin. You play tight end, so if you're studying the Eagles' defense, you seen anything new or different from Sean Desai uh, that John Gannon did? Uh, is there more he should or can do with the talent he currently has? You could make an argument that Desai's running a similar defense with less talent. Man, they got some talent, though. <laughs> they do, but it's yeah. in different – I mean, they're, obviously, they're really good up front. But yeah. a lot, in the game against Minnesota, you're playing without a safety, you're playing without a corner, you're playing without your linebacker. Yeah, they still have Darius Slay. Obviously, you see that. And they lost the safety, went to Detroit, the Gator there, Florida Gator player. Uh, so, I, you know, what I saw well, – By the way, know, Torres Peck is out for the year. Yeah, he's a stud, too. I know that's sad. CJ, Gardner. Yeah, yeah thank you. Gardner Johnson, thank yeah. you. Saints, traded for him, love it. Love the move, he's a great player, and he got paid good for him. That's why you go do that. Because you get paid and you get to guarantee money. So if you tore your tear your pack and you don't take a pay cut elsewhere, you make your money. And now he's a free agent. Wish him nothing but the best. So uh, interesting stuff. I don't know to compare him. I think, you know, Coach Gannon gets a really bad rap. I mean, last year they were unreal. The defense was unbelievable. And he had a, he was pressing the buttons. You got to give him credit where credit's due. He got a head coaching job out of it. So for me, Sean Desai, I'll make it crystal, crystal clear. Sean and I are great friends. He coached me with the Chicago, and the guy's a boy genius. Go study how this man make it to where he made it to where he is today. Your jaw is going to be on the ground, folks. He, this guy was a professor in college and a teacher in high school and is now the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was for the Chicago Bears as well. He's an amazing man. So I think the one player that really impressed me was the first drive of the second half. It was second and nine. And it was the strip sack. Fletcher Cox scoops it up, sweat on the sack play. And Team set protection away, you know, away from Sweat because they're saying, listen, we're going to double team Hassan Reddick. Sweat's going to be one on one. He's still a good player. That's what makes these D lines great. And you're going to put Sweat one on one with the backup tackle for Minnesota, Darisol, who I think is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Period. No one even knows about him. He sh everybody should know about him. I didn't know about him until I got to Minnesota. He was out for the game. Center's out for the game for Minnesota. So they set the protection away to Hassan. Hassan drops into coverage. So Kirk's first read was the guy that Hassan was guarding man-to-man. -man. That's what makes Hassan so dynamic. So they bring Sweat. He's one-on-one -on -one with the tackle. He goes right around the tackle, strip sack because the running back went to Hassan. The O-line went to Hassan. We're not going to let him beat us, and that's what good pass rushers get all the time is these double teams. And then a strip sack, fumble, which I thought was a really unique way to bring pressure uh, is have your best pass rusher drop out. Now people will roll their eyes about that. But that's the game with inside inside the game, and I love that blitz from Sean. Stood out to me, no doubt about it. Uh, the Colin Thompson Show you can check out at Not For Long Media on his social media platforms. And, of course, uh, he'll be joining us right here Tuesdays on the Sports Bash. We'll take a look back. Eagles and the Buccaneers. Give us a quick thought. You've played Tampa a couple times in Carolina. You played them twice a year. What does Todd Bowles' defense, uh, what's the Philadelphia offense Matched up with the Tampa defense. How's that look to you for Monday night? 
Yeah, Todd Bowles, Temple guy. Uh, that whole staff is like Temple people, and that's going to be a home game for the Eagles, just so everybody knows. Um, <laughs> it's a big five-down front with edge-setting defensive ends and two linebackers in the middle that run around and make a bunch of plays. Winfield's a good player on the back end. They have some good corners, too. They still have a lot of really good players from that Tom Brady era uh, with Barrett and, and the young player out of Washington, the edge rusher. So, I, listen, it just depends how close they can the Bucks can keep it. Right. So it's like the Eagles are going to run the ball and wear these guys down. They can play with a lot of tempo because it's hot and there's some big boys in there for Tampa. So I would see some tempo out of tempo out of Philly to slow down the big boys up front. I think Vita Bay is still there. So they're going to want to tire him out. Um, but I, I like the Eagles offense against anybody in the league. I'll be honest with you. I just think you can't match up. What are you going to have? You're going to run cover two and try to stop the pass and they're going to run it right up you for 250. Or are you going to say we're going to bring pressure and hope to get to Jalen? And they're going to make checks, and then you're one-on-one with their all-pro wide receivers and tight ends. So um, I think you're going to see a lot of pressure out of Todd. And then whatever you saw beat the Eagles from New England and from Minnesota defensively, I'm using offensively, you're going to see it from the Bucs defense. They're going to bring the same stuff. That's what the league is. It's a copycat league. All right. Colin Thompson, great stuff. We'll be doing this Tuesdays right here on the radio on 97.3 ESPN. Check out the Colin thompson show ct tell the people when they can find your shows yeah we come out a couple shows a week i'm um, still training full-time as an nfl free agent looking for a job so it's a really fun dynamic we have a bunch of shows at not for long media you can check them out too not for long media.com our social media sam boner mick joins you guys on fridays too with is always fun he's the man and has great perspective mike joins us on sam boner show on mondays as well too talking all things football fun sports drinks jersey shore so Mike, thanks for coming to me all, man. It's great to see you. We'll see what the birds do this weekend. All right, buddy. Colin Thompson, everybody, here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. John McMullen will talk. All right, guys. I appreciate everybody tuning in to our, our new kind of segment. Mike and I are going to do a show together, and I decided, hey, why not find a way to uh, make it kind of one of our shows here at the Colin Thompson show? That's Jack Connell. I'm Colin Thompson. Again, unique show here. Jumped right in, right off the Eagles uh, conversation uh, with the great Mike Gill, a friend of ours here at Not For Long Media and the Sam Boner Show. Jack, how you doing today, buddy? Doing splendid, you know, getting back in the swing of things with the football season, you know, dealing with allergies that have been killing me for the last couple of days, but I think uh-huh. we're on the back end of that, which is a blessing. We need a, a clarity and clear sponsorship Dude, jack i've been throat laws i feel like greg williams i'm just downing lozenges i've got like honey tea like any remedy i have been doing for the last week and it's been successful until it isn't but i love it i love it you're uh you're the best jackie again everything here not for long media is brought to you by our friends over at the original fudge kitchen shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country fudgekitchens.com i was down there this weekend got me some saltwater taffy jack Got a couple pieces of fudge too after dinner one night. Can't beat it. Really can't beat it. So really uh, appreciative to our friends over at the Original Fudge Kitchen. Uh, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. Fudgekitchens.com. So lots to talk about, Jack. Uh, first and foremost, I think we should talk about, let's see, what's on the agenda that you got queued up here, Jack? Because there's a lot on the docket. And I want to make sure we touch on a few things. Can you bring up the Josh Allen quote? I think that was really cool, and I think it's something that we could share about the mindset of pro athletes. Honest to God, I didn't see any reaction. I didn't look at anything. I didn't turn on TVs. I didn't, you know, I was just 
the thing is with this game, man, it gives you the lowest lows, it gives you the highest highs, but I, I love feeling how I felt last week. I really do. Because um, it makes the good feel that much better. You know, it forces us to be better, and I want to be the best I can be playing this game and being the best quarterback I can be for this Buffalo Bills. So I take the bad with the good. I understand it, um, and I'm just trying to let it, let it fuel me and use it to, to my benefit. That was Josh Allen after, I think, last week's game against the Raiders. Yeah, on WK, at WKBW. Uh, just an unbelievable look and do a mindset of what it's really like to play quarterback and play in a high-pressure situation in the NFL. This guy's wired differently. All the most, I should say most, of these high-profile quarterbacks are wired differently. I thought that was a really cool quote to show what it's like to say, I love that moment last week, that pain, that suffering. I remember being on the plane after losing and playing a really bad game. And we would you know, lose and you're, you're on the plane and you feel like shit and you're like the adrenaline ran off and you're just sitting there and you're just like kind of smiling to yourself like, man, I love this. Man, I love this. And now as a player who's on the outside looking back in, hoping to get back in, I really, really miss it because the wins are amazing. The losses are miserable, but you got to smile through the shit. And I think that's what football teaches you about life is you need to be able to smile through the tough times and move forward and plow forward and stay focused on your goals and stay focused on these things. So I thought it was really cool what Josh had to say. And he's such an elite player, but it's because of his mind. That's what makes him elite. So I wanted to share that. Jack, can you pull up the Ross Tucker clip? Because I you got a lot of shit for this, Jack. You produce this show as well. Ross is the man. And uh, he got a lot of shit for this. And I completely agree with what Ross has to say. Interesting to see the empty set here. A stack on the top. Hill keeps it himself. The powerful runner, Taysom Hill, out of BYU in his seventh year now with New Orleans. I'm not kidding when I think, and when I tell you, I think he's one of the best football players ever in Taysom Hill. Wow. Now, I know he's not a Hall of Famer or any of that. This guy can play quarterback, running back, tight end. He makes tackles on special teams. This guy's like Jim Thorpe. I mean, can, can you name any other guy that's ever done all the things that Taysom Hill did? He's like the perfect football player. Shout out to Ross Tucker, friend of our show. We're a friend of his show as well and big fan of what Ross does. I completely agree with Ross Tucker in saying that Taysom Hill is one of the best football players of all time. I don't even think it's a debate. The guy had a contract, big-time contract. If he became the starter in New Orleans as the quarterback, he would have got paid a ton of money. He is someone who can run the football, throw the football, play wide receiver, play tight end, block on the perimeter, play wildcat quarterback, run down on special teams and make tackles. And one thing Ross left out, on special teams, in those meetings, I faced Taysom in Carolina the last three years. So six times in the last three years, we faced Taysom Hill. Every special teams coordinator brings up the fact that this guy has multiple punt blocks in the NFL. It is extremely, extremely hard to block punts in the NFL. Taysom Hill has multiple of them. The guy's an absolute stud, period. Every organization in the entire world would love to have that guy on their team. And I think Ross Tucker's point is 100% correct. Taysom Hill is one of the best football players 
ever to walk the planet. Jack, thoughts? What was it like, Ross? Was Ross okay with everyone giving him shit about it? I'm sure he doubled down because he's right, man. I don't know. I mean, I know he went on Jim Rome and a couple other shows, and he did pretty much explain himself and the, make a point. I forget if he said this, but I mean, it's a, like if you were to field a 22-man roster lineup, whatever, all it was the same player playing every single position, Taysom Hill would probably Taysom Hill's team would probably be the best team. I mean, just from this sheer sense that he he's a tight end, fullback, full yeah, fullback. He has got blocking experience. Like, yeah, if Tackling. you made a team of you know, hard Mahomes or he's tackling that? people in the NFL. You know how hard that is to do. Those I, guys on defense practice that year round. This cat is tackling dudes on punt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure time. he's multiple pump blocks too. I don't That's know if I'm you saying. mentioned. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you look at some of these freak athletes, they would have they would be a good team, like Derek Henry's, Jadavian Clowney's, those type of guys that just have unreal highlight films, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons might be the best team just because he's just – he cracks me up with how much that man loves football. There was a quote the other day. It was like they were talking about grass versus turf, and everybody's like saying like, oh, I like this, I like that. And Micah just – I don't know if they, they pulled him all once. He was like, I'll play on concrete if I have to. Like the dude's just otherworldly, and I, I love guys that are just that obsessed with football. But back to well, my point, I mean – Nice to there's, be that good too, but yeah. <laughs> I don't see a roster that would be of one player that would be better than the team Taysom Hill. Yeah. I mean, listen. <laughs> I mean, hey, guys, it's different. Ross is 100% correct. What's wrong with that statement? Nothing. So shout out to Ross Tucker and shout out to our friends at Wealth Advisory Services. WealthAdvisoryServices.com. If you don't know them, you should. They're our financial advisor here at Not For Long Media and my, myself, our family, they're just the best. Paul, Dave, and their team, 100 years of experience. If you're looking for wealth advisory services, they're located in Doylestown in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and all the way down in Cape May, New Jersey, and everywhere in between and across the country. I've uh, been able to work with them. My friends in the NFL have worked with them. Coaches around the country, my buddies all work with them too. Uh, they're just the best, and they've really helped my family up and set myself up and my wife up in a really good situation. So huge fans of our friends at Wealth Advisory Services. Check them out, Paul. And Dave, Jack, really tough, man, to be a running back in the NFL these days, man. I mean, devastating injury last night to Nick Chubb. I, th I tweeted right before, I think Nick Chubb's the most underrated player in NFL history. The guy is elite of the elite. Elite of the elite player in the NFL and just absolutely devastating. What they're trying to do, I respect the hell out of the running back position. What Saquon tried to do and is trying to do, he's out with an ankle sprain for a couple weeks. Nick Chubb's out for the season and maybe more. J.K. Dobbins out for the season and maybe more. Just so, so sad. And you just hate we're a player's podcast here. You just know the owners and the GMs are like, guys, we told you it's not personal, it's business. And, and that's the really crappy part about this is it's a science. It's all a science. They just look at the numbers and say, well, here are the averages for these players. When you're a certain age and you play a certain position, you have X amount of years left on your body and your time clock's running out. I know it as an NFL free agent at 29 years old. It's fact. It's the first year all, fall I haven't been in football in a really long time. So prayers up to the running back position. Prayers up, most importantly, to Nick Chubb. I hear amazing things about him as a human and as a player. We see it on Sunday afternoons. Pretty tough day for the running backs, Jack. 
Yeah, I mean, first, that's just awful for Nick Chubb. Like you said, the first thing that always comes to my mind is just how he is quiet. The hard knocks from him and Baker's rookie year when they were just sitting at the hotel or not the hotel, the airport. And there's all this media and cameras around Baker because obviously it was the first overall pick. And then Nick Chubb, who's second round pick. It wasn't like he was a late round pick. is just sitting there waiting for his luggage and some ladies next to him like, you play football? And I just always saw him as this quiet guy who just got his work done. I mean, he was not – I mean, he was considered – I had friends that took him first overall in fantasy drafts. Like, he is – he was the backbone of that Browns offense. Like, it's tough to see that entire offense is going to change because of him. I mean, he's not talked about as much as the McCaffreys and the B. John Robinsons of the world, but he is just as valuable. He, he's, he's just – the guy is a beast. He's a beast. He's an absolute beast. So thoughts and prayers to him. Um, I've been there, not to that extent, but I've been there. And there's nothing worse than injuries. Um, the fans just see, you know, the sausage. They don't see what it takes for it to be made. And uh, thoughts and prayers to him. Jack, we have one more clip left, I believe, on Colorado. And just executing sound fundamentals. Got to look at Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator. Moment ago, downfield. Incomplete, but a flag down intended for Hunter, who took a shot afterwards by Henry Blackburn. And now some words, Shadur Sanders coming to the aid of his number one target there. Yeah, look, I'll tell you, as a former safety, that's a very dumb play on the part of Henry Blackburn. I understand you may be trying to send a message, but that right there, the ball had already hit the ground. Gotta you see number 11. Him. You see, he's not even close to catching the football. I mean, he's already got gearing down, yeah. and the play's basically over. That's a blatant penalty. Yeah, that just makes no sense. Yeah, That's dumb football. So thoughts and prayers to Hunter as well as he's going to miss some games here. And for the fans out there, it's, it's a shame they won't be able to watch him, but that is a human being there, and, I, and we are wishing nothing but the best health to him. I love what Shredder Sanders did there, going right up to the guy, getting right in his face and giving him some choice words and smart not to swing or do anything stupid to, you know, negate the penalty. So tons of respect there to him. Um, lots to unpack here. First off, what Colorado has been able to do and what really Coach Sanders has been able to do could be one of the most impressive things in the history of college football, period. Every network is there. Everyone. ESPN had all their shows there on Friday and they had all their shows there on Saturday. They had their top broadcasters broadcast the Colorado, Colorado state game before that game. And if, 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 you know, Deion Sanders is not there, that game has got what very low ratings. If any, um, it may not even be sold out. So definitely not sold out. So unreal what they've done. Unreal. Unbelievable. And then secondly, that hit, I don't know, Jack, I'm kind of torn on this because the football guy in me is like, you know what? That's part of the game. And if he, if he pops right up and goes back to the huddle, it's a late hit, it's a penalty, it's a little bit of a cheap shot, and we move on. But now we know he's hurt, he's down on the field. Listen, I'm still saying choice words to him. If I'm like Sanders does, and I'm a tight end and it didn't happen to me, I'm having words. But I'm not swinging on him like Sanders did a great job. I'm not creating a penalty or negative situation for my team. I'm just struggling like it's a penalty. He shouldn't be suspended, but it's a penalty, and it should be like, Hey man, next time you play Colorado, be careful now. Like it's just that, that's the nature of the beast. It's not a bounty or anything. No one's trying to hurt him, but like guys are trying to try to block him a little harder. That's just how it goes. So I don't know. I, I thought, you know, 
Coach Sanders took the high road, man. He was like, first off, the kid should not be receiving death threats. That's ridiculous. But, you know, that's that's just kind of the lay of the land right now with social media and these soft-ass people behind keyboards. So, you know, there's a lot to unpack, and I thought Coach Sanders did an amazing job. Like, that's a man over there. That's a boy trying to graduate and grow up and play in the NFL and have a family. And So what are your thoughts, Jack? I know, you know, you played high school football. You, you like the physicality. You played offensive line. But I want to hear your thoughts as a football fanatic. Of, is, is this – is it devastating? Should he be suspended? Or, it's, hey, man, that's a cheap shot. You'll be remembered for it, and uh, it's a penalty. First off, the – one of the, I mean, outside of the injury, there's something I saw earlier today is that game was the fifth most watched ESPN college football game of all time. I think is what the stat was, which first off, it's crazy in the sense that that game did not start. It was scheduled like 10 o'clock start time. And then you also think you had the Florida Tennessee game, which was interesting at the end, but just felt so long. Like it was just the slowest football game I had seen. So game really didn't even start until like 1030, 1045 on the East coast. And it's still drew in that high ratings, which I absolutely hate just in the sense that as an East coaster, I hate pack 12 after dark. And now that's just not going to go anywhere with the big 10, like all of the teams going to the big 10, which it sucks for my sleep schedule. But anyways, with Travis Hunter and that whole situation, I mean, I think a one game suspension, it was very clearly, clearly a dirty hit in the sense that he didn't like, you could tell there wasn't any remorse or anything afterwards. Like if you hit somebody late, like we've seen instances, guys will hit somebody late and they don't mean to. They immediately like try to like that that wasn't intentional. He immediately looked like he was jawing back and forth with Shadur. Like there was no remorse on that safety. And you know, there's the, the I, I think it should at least be. Or I think a one game suspension would be a fair thing for that for a hit of that type. I mean, especially now that Travis Hunter has a lacerated kidney. Colorado. I mean. He is missed now. He's going to miss the bulk of Colorado's schedule. He's missing USC, I think Oregon next week. Like that is like the most watched. I mean, obviously that doesn't have any impact on a suspension, but the most watched anticipated games of Colorado season are now somewhat tanked just because of that. But that's indifferent from the whole situation. And the beauty of football is is those ten other guys have an opportunity to get back at that safety in a fair and clean matter for the next three quarters. Not saying they need to target him or go after him unnecessarily, but Hey, sometimes tackles have to go back down gap down backer. They're trailing all the way in. They're blocking the safety. If the running back breaks for it, I mean, there's opportunities to get it back at that safety in a clean, fair fashion. So that was my thoughts on the whole situation. I love it, Jack. I love it. And as we wind down here, I want to shout out John Mechie, the third, from ESPN here, it was 652 days since the Houston Texans wide receiver John Mechie played in a game that counted. Mechie made his NFL debut against the Indianapolis Colts uh, and lost 31-20. to He returned to the field after dealing with a torn ACL in 2021 and then being di- diagnosed with leukemia in July of 22, which caused him to miss the entire rookie season. Second-round pick at Alabama. Played in his first game after dealing with a torn ACL and cancer. So shout-out. To John Mechie, you're a freaking stud and tons of respect. Tip of the cap to, I'm sure, just the unbelievable grind and sacrifice it has taken you to get to this moment of time. And uh, congrats, man. Welcome back to the NFL. We're, I'm sure, the league. And a lot of former players are excited to have you back. So best of luck there. What do you got, Jack? A couple more tidbits on that just came up through front office sports about the game. It the total viewage was 9.3 million viewers 
and it was the most streamed regular season game ever. Wow. So wow. Those are a couple other tidbits. Unbelievable. I mean, that's it's Colorado, Colorado State, 10 o'clock at night. We watched it. We watched almost the whole game. I mean, unreal. Unreal. Coach Dion is different, and I love the, the 60 minutes on him. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's if words are gonna, he said something like, "If words are gonna kick, get you to transfer, you're not for me, and you're not for this university, you're not for this team." I was like, "Damn, that's real." Those are the real conversations I have, and he's very public. In a time where being public and authentic, we need it more than ever. So, shout out to Dion. Shout out to Colorado. They're on fire. Should see how next week goes. We'll be tuning in, just like everybody else in the country on the next episode of what's up with Colorado football and on the next episode of the Colin Thompson show. I hope you guys like this new version. Usually we're going to do this before the Mike Gill show, but something came up. We weren't able to do it. So we had a you know big show with Mike talking all things Eagles, talk a little bit of college football here. Shout out to our friends at fudge kitchen, wealth advisory services, seat geek promo code, Colin Thompson, 20 bucks off your tickets, $20 or more. That's Jack Connell. I'm Colin Thompson. It's Not For Long Media. Check out all our shows here at Not For Long Media and Not For, Lead- Not For Long Media. Coming from a time where kids think they're gangsta Talking like a dog but they're living in New Hampshire I'm the only one saying